Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. We're only one of us an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler, the big herb at Herbach. What up? And <coughs> Sorry. All right. Just, yeah, I, I'm just joking on my own spit, man. <laughs> just so excited for draft weekend. <laughs> just can't even talk. So, so excited. <laughs> so excited. Oh, my gosh. What up, Jesus? <laughs> and that was Trey Stinky Fingers Jose saying what up to Jesus. Uh, hola, Jesus. De nada. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And that'll do it for our That's You're welcome, actually. Seeking. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. He, yeah. Should, he should thank me, first of all. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. Uh, if you're new to the show, hit us up on the uh, social media uh, app. Um, Formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> Just fucking say it. The X <laughs> at the FF Fathers. Uh, XXX. <laughs> And uh, that's Whoa. <laughs> oh, that's our other page. Sorry, that's our OnlyFans. Excuse me. That's uh, coming out soon. Trust me. <laughs> uh, appreciate y'all tuning in uh, tonight. We are today. Whenever you listen to this, um, it is August thirtieth for us recording this. But uh, just timestamp this so Trey doesn't take forever to upload it. But we are going through our <laughs> top twenty-four <laughs> running back rankings. And, uh, yeah, going through the first uh, or our top 24 uh, running back rankings and talking about our outlook for all of them. So these are kind of our final rankings going into draft season. Uh, so it's a lot of fun to discuss all these guys and uh, maybe uh, find ourselves in a little bit of a debate. Nice way to throw that jab in. I'm going to upload this next year. <laughs> <laughs> this one's never going to never going to hit the airwaves. So. I know you've been waiting for it, but it's last year's quarterback rings. <laughs> <laughs> so, um do we want to talk any of the news or bring it up as we talk about these players? Josh Jacobs RB1 all day. Josh He's Jacobs back. is back. <clears throat> so, I guess we're going to talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a contract up to twelve million, right? Uh, he wanted to be a twelve million dollar guy. He's getting paid that this year. Um, I expect a lot of the same this year. He's gonna see, you know, guaranteed three hundred plus touches and be used a shit ton. Yeah. The only thing threatening him is Amir Abdullah. Pass catching ability. Zamir White doesn't look too good as far as a runner but that's behind him. And Brandon Bolton doesn't really exist on this team. I don't know why he's still on the roster. Yeah. So I mean, it's pretty clear cut. Still the same cast of guys that were there last year. And we saw what happened last year. They gave him the ball a shit ton, which we love in fantasy football. So Yeah, arguably the best running back in football last year, but that's not a big deal. He's sneaking up the uh, the ADP as well. I mean, I remember, you know, when we were going through the contract debuts or uh, disputes, um, doing some best ball leagues, he was usually going at the back end of the second round. Now he's creeping up towards more of the middle of the second, even uh, beginning of second. So interesting to see where that uh, finishes, I guess. 
after this weekend. Dude, huge steal. Last thing I want to say about it. They're not going to be able to throw the ball this year that well. They're going to have to run the ball. Um, apparently, the Packers now want to try and trade for weapons after uh, getting rid of Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're in rumors of, of uh, going after Jonathan Taylor, the only other team in serious talks about it. So that's interesting. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but um, I don't know if we want to save the Jonathan Taylor talk for uh, for when we bring him up in this uh, episode or Tyler, if you got something to say. Um, I just want to say, I think it's weird that they were even looking into him. You have Aaron Jones, who's still proven to be a top 10 back in the league. You have a high end uh, backup with him with AJ Dillon going for Jonathan Taylor at this point just doesn't make sense to me, but you know, teach their own. Uh, a month ago, his ADP was way higher and we'll talk about it in our rankings, right? Uh, eventually when we get to him, so he's in a surprising spot for our rankings. Or some of us might not have him ranked at all. <laughs> it's called foreshadowing if you ever took English class. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, I guess, get right into um, to these rankings. There's really no other real pressing matters of news that we should cover tonight, if I'm correct. Correct. Okay. Besides the uh besides Bill Belichick playing a little a little uh keep away and then bringing him back on with his quarterbacks, waving both of his quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, they cleared waivers and then they signed them both to the practice squad. What does he know that we don't? Well, he, I think he wanted the two extra roster spots for other positions and knew that probably both those guys, at least one of them was going to clear waivers and he could bring them back and sign them to the practice squad and then elevate them if need be. Well, the weird thing is, signing them to the practice squad, that means that Mac Jones is still the only quarterback on the roster. Right. And there's that new thing where you can have a quarterback, right, that doesn't impact your roster? Yeah, on game days you can have a third quarterback, but still, like, at some point before the season starts, I would think you're going to have to You have to elevate one of them. Yeah, at the very least. To bring two quarterbacks to the game. So this guy that doesn't exist in the roster but does exist on Sundays, how does that work? Exactly how you explained it. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. That's exactly That's how like it works. like a one-day contract or something? No, he's like, on the practice squad, but then he gets to be activated on game day as a yeah. third-string quarterback without affecting your 52-man game day roster. So it's a, it's a 53rd ghost man. It's essentially a 52-man roster plus an extra quarterback is now how the rosters are set up for game day. I prefer ghost man, but yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. a ghost runner in baseball. It's a ghost quarterback. There's a little hatch um, in the field underground, and on game day, they lift it up and <laughs> let him come out. He goes, I'm free! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I haven't few, eaten in a week! A <laughs> few hours of freedom. Uh, all right. Anyways. 24-hour lockdown. Let's get into these uh, running back rankings. We'll start at the top. It's half PPR-based rankings, the top 24 running backs. Yeah, baby. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just let that settle. <laughs> we'll just let that settle. I couldn't uh, tell if that was like excited or like <laughs> or pondering. I don't know if we want to know what that uh that sound is, but I mean maybe just, you just have some stomach because you going, I don't know, man. No, it's uh it's all in the mystery. It's whatever mm. you it's whatever you want it to be, maybe. 
All right. At number one, obviously, <laughs> runs CMC. Christian McCaffrey was all of our number one running backs uh, or running back. Pretty self-explanatory. He is the man. Um, yeah. Uh, if you don't, you know, I have no problem taking CMC at the 101 if that's your guy. Oh, dude. Undisputed number one. I haven't seen any rankings that don't reflect him being number one yeah. at all. I mean, obviously, the only real concern is that he doesn't have the great greatest injury history. But if he's on the field, he produces like crazy. So, just want to throw it out there: Justin Jefferson is my one one. But I'm totally happy with CMC as well. So, apparently, he's going. I must have got this wrong. What's he going at? Two overall. Two overall. Okay, I did that wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, one or two. Totally fine with that all day. Uh, at number two, Austin Eckler, again, self-explanatory. I think led all running backs in uh, scoring last year. Had a shit ton of touchdowns. Um, yeah, I expect another big year out of Austin Eckler. Except I expect a bigger year out of Bajon Robinson. Oh. oh. <laughs> I have Bajon number two. I don't care that he's a rookie. He's going to probably get 350 touches this year between the ground game and the, and the passing game. Um, I understand Algiers there, but it's just I don't see him being that big of a uh, threat to Bajon's touches, um, especially when you add to the fact that he is a very good pass catching back. He's proven that through combine, through training camp, and in, in the preseason games. He's going to be an absolute stud, um, and I have him just ahead of Eckler because, as we've discussed a lot in this podcast, that the addition of uh the offensive coordinator in LA now um Keenan god why did I blank on his name you're the guy that's supposed to know these things I know the, the kid from Dallas Kellen Moore Kellen thank Moore? you thank you for not helping me oh. at all well, you said I... Keelan and I'm thinking <laughs> like a Ke- black coach Ke- or something yeah Keelan but Kellen Kellen Moore yeah, yeah. um completely the addition the addition races, uh, just so you know not necessarily Keelan and Kellen hey man We'll put a poll out. <laughs> uh, I just say it. Um, I think the addition of, of Kellen Moore is going to make this a more pass-heavy attack. And as good as Austin Eckler is out of the backfield as a pass catcher, I mean, they have weapons all over the field um, at the receiver spots, and they even ha- have solid tight ends there too. So I just think that he's going to miss out on a lot of touches that we've seen him have in the last couple of years. Okay. Um, I, you know, I think... We're splitting hairs here, though, at the end of the day. Both can have a good year. I have Bijan at three. Um, Trey. Samesies. Also, I think. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, I think. I'm at the wrong one. Oh, yeah. It's a kind of give or take for me. The The top four for me is pretty set. That's that's my tier. So I, I have Saquon above Bijan. I really like Bajan. The only thing that's like hold me back is uh, not necessarily Tyler Algier, but Cordero Patterson. I think they'll both like combine to get. Probably 100 carries this year as backups, which sucks to take away from him. But Bajan has a ridiculous amount of upside. Saquon Barkley, I I think it's easier to say that he'll have a better year. So you're going McCaffrey, Eckler, Barkley, and then Robinson? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. But but to me, that's, that's tier one. After that, it changes. Nice little gap. Not too much, but those are my like, top four guys this year, hands down. So you're going suck on over uh, Chubb, huh? Oh, yeah, dude. 
<laughs> That's the way the sentence goes. You got to suck off. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted yeah. to say that in a, in a sentence. Because yeah, if you're I, new to the show, Trey just learned how to say Saquon's name. So it's usually <laughs> suck on. Suck. It's, it's taken about 13 months for him to finally get it right. but I get it right like half the time. <laughs> Saquon Barkley just sounds better, but whatever. Oh, man. Um, I think you guys can go Jim suck on some bark. And I both have Chubb at four. Yeah, I got a Chubby um, at four. Yep. Yeah, honestly, it's one of those things that like they're gonna mm. if they expect this offense to do what they think they c- he can do, they're gonna need Chubb to really carry the torch here and let Deshaun Watson work his way back into playing his NFL defenses. He looked like like crap last year for most of the season. He has not looked great in the preseason either, um, so it's a little concerning. I think they're gonna really need to rely on Chubb to keep this offense rolling. Yeah, Chubb's gonna get a ton ton of work, and uh, yeah, good press coming out of training camp and the preseason as well talking about how they would like to get him uh more involved in the passing game if that happens oh my god sky's the limit could finish as the rb1 well between like chubb and saquon two running backs that are probably gonna be yeah are gonna be the premier backs one of the few in the league on those two offenses though the giants and the browns which offense do you think is gonna be better Man, it all depends on Deshaun Watson, but yeah, right now it's kind of a toss-up. I think it's gonna it be is. the Giants, and, and that's fair. The different, I think, the difference here is that uh, Chubb should see an increased workload this year because he's gonna get a lot more work in the passing game than he has in the last few years. Cream Hunt no longer in the system, whereas I think Barkley is set with the kind of touches he's gonna get. But it's been nice that bounce back here was really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So if he does that again. I mean, what? I mean, you mean what do you mean? <laughs> well, so he finished like number six last year, a uh, couple years that he was off, but you know, getting him at top five. Let me see. You guys got Chubb at all up, up there? Any yeah. rankings there? What's he, what's he finished at in the last few years? I got it. Okay. Five, 10 and nine. Honestly, extreme consistency. Don't forget seven the year before that, too. Man, seven. Yeah, we'll go back five years. Fuck, okay. Just saying. Or four years. But anyways. And that's without, that's like not getting passing work ever. So. Don't doubt the Brissette years, dude. No, we're not getting the pass work because Kareem Hunt was there. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. I also don't want to say Quan above him. He's up there, though. Still got him at five. Yeah, so you got uh, Trey has Chubb at five. Um, Tyler has Saquon, so two guys we've kind of talked about already. I guess I have the only real surprise at five, I would say, um, in Tony Pollard. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm high on Tony Pollard this year. We mentioned it earlier. The Cowboys um, have let go of Kellen Moore, obviously, now with the Chargers. Big old Mike McCarthy. Is going to be calling the plays for the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more. I think they're going to utilize the shit out of Tony Pollard, and he's been nothing but super efficient. Uh, big play waiting to happen. Um, and so I'm, I got Tony Pollard at five, which is definitely much higher. I, I would I would imagine than consensus. Uh, he's at running back seven right now on Fantasy Pros consensus ADP. So just a couple spots higher, but uh, I'm I'm. Pretty all in on Townie. You better watch out for little man Deuce Vaughn. 
It's coming for that spot now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> five, all, no. all five foot three of them. Yeah. No, Um, I think you're a little higher on him. I'm lower than I think. I feel like Pollard's been, excuse me, uh, overhyped so far this offseason. Um, I, I I know for, the very, especially at the beginning of the offseason, I was like, we don't even know if he was going to be ready to go week one. It sounds like he's going to be just fine now. <clears throat> but at this point, you know, we've never seen him do a full season as being the guy. He's always had Zeke there. So is he, is he going to be able to hold up with a extremely increased workload versus what he's ever you know had in the past couple of seasons? See, and that's my big holdback about him. Uh, before last year, he, he was even like seeing like a forty percent snap percentage, right? Super productive. But I, we've seen guys like that our whole lives. Guys that, that when they get the ball, they're nice. You know, they get like maybe five yards of carry, but for whatever reason, they're not on the field all the time because of blocking or consistency, like injury issues, stuff like that. Last year, he barely even played 60% of snaps. So, mm-hmm. if we're assuming now he's going to get 80%, 75%, it will be interesting to see if he can like keep it up. you got to follow, I think, a lot of this for me is like following what has the team done you know, um, in this offseason. Everyone's expecting them to bring in another running back just because Tony Pollard is – basically the only guy there and they got rid of Zeke um even rumors of Zeke going back to Dallas but there's been no such reports or anything or any sort of news as to the Dallas Cowboys really targeting a free agency running back they did draft Deuce Vaughn at the you know pretty late in the NFL draft but I don't see him as a real threat to Tony Pollard I and just guessing by Big Mike McCarthy wanting to run the ball I think it's I think it's pretty clear and obvious that, you know, they full fully believe in Tony Pollard. So um I'm taking a shot on him. Maybe it's a little bit risky ranking him a little higher than some of these other guys, but uh he's electric. So right now, like you said, he's going R B seven overall sixteen. So you're talking about, you know early like basically mid mid of the second round. Um are you comfortable drafting him higher than that? Um, where in a lot of drafts, you know, through this, the off season where I love drafting at the kind of the beginning of the draft, cause you can get, you know, one of the high end receivers and then usually coming back around, you're able to get Tony Pollard. So, you know, I love him as a second round, uh, draft picked. Um, you know, I'm not going to draft him in the first round, but if I'm somewhere in the first five picks or six picks, um, I, I love taking one of the high-end receivers that I like a lot and then drafting Tony Pollard as my RB1 in the second round. Okay. So I, I'm comfortable with where he's going right now. I know it's risky because we haven't seen it yet, but sometimes you got to you gotta pay to play. You yeah, know? for sure. I mean, and realistically, I mean, he's going to the RB7. I only have two guys ranked ahead of him, um, so it's not like there's a whole lot of difference there um i think honestly in that scenario i that's also probably a guy that i would look at um just for where he's being drafted at i don't know i just it's one of those things that's one of, i just kind of want to see it happen with him before i go all in i guess yeah i'm totally with you on that i'm skeptical about it but i do like the upside so i'm gonna wait and if it's in the right spot i will take him Alrighty. Um at number six, I have Derrick Henry, as does Trey and Oh so does hey. Tyler. There yeah. we go. 
We agree. Consensus. <laughs> We're consensus on one and six so far, guys. King Henry will be the sixth running back at the end of the season. Um, <laughs> I expect a big year from from Derrick Henry. I'm not worried about the age this year. I think uh, there's some good momentum in Tennessee with them bringing in DeAndre Hopkins. This team wants to go out and win games. They're going to do that by feeding the king. So um, I expect yeah. another big year. Honestly, it kind of it's kind of like the exact opposite argument I have for Pollard. Um, with Henry's like, eventually the wheels are going to fall off. Right. But I'm not going to bet against it until it actually happens. Yeah. Oh, we were skeptical last year before. You Dude, know, I've been skeptical for two years, and he keeps proving me wrong. So at this point, I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. Well, he's been top four three out of the last four years, and he was a number 16 ranked running back in half EPR when he played eight fucking games in 2021. Right. Yeah. So... Giving you RB2 status and only playing half the season is insane. Yeah, they started throwing him yeah. the ball a little bit last year. Yeah. He yeah, most receptions he's ever it. had. Yeah, he was efficient with it. Um, hopefully that happens a little bit again this year, but he doesn't need receptions to finish as a top five yeah. fantasy running back. Honestly, you think they would have thought about throwing the ball more often earlier in his career? Because like, you get him into open field, he has more time to get that choo-choo train going. Mm-hmm. Like. You know, if he gets the top, you get him to top speed. One, he outruns most of the people on defense, anyways, and the guys that can't catch him can't tackle him. Right, right. Yeah, you get him on the outside with uh, some of those cornerbacks and and safeties in space. I mean, good luck, um, dude. Most of his career, he's averaging like six yards a catch. Last year, they decided to throw it to him like twice as much. He caught the ball more, almost averaged ten yards a catch. Yeah, and that's, that's all. Post injury. He increased his yards per catch by three yards, or two yards from the year before, but average-wise, about three yards. And the dude's not human. Yeah, we have him right there with consensus as well as the RB6, so interesting. That doesn't usually happen. Um, All right, uh, next up, we all have the same guy again. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Wow, rightfully so. Thank you, my friends. Dre, take the reins. Take the reins. All right. Just call me Santa Jose. I'm dropping <laughs> presents on you, baby. <laughs> Obviously, we were talking about it. He resigned. He's, he's got his contract for one year. Um, and I touched on it a little bit earlier. <clears throat> he doesn't have much competition. Amir Abdullah is going to be catching the ball on third downs um, maybe I mean, half he, the time. Abdullah's been like, I didn't even realize he was even still in the league. His preseason usage and his usage towards the end of the year last year, I I saw that they want to throw him the ball. And he is super shifty, even though he's kind of up there in years as a running back. And other than that, as far as like someone who's going to handle the ball behind him, actually carrying the ball, we got Zamir White, who they gave him plenty of chances to the last couple of years. He doesn't really take advantage of it. This preseason, he's looked kind of bad. And there's Brandon Bolden, yeah, who hasn't done fucking anything. So, uh, for the Raiders, at least, uh, since he's been there. I think it's just fuck Josh McDaniels just likes Brandon Bolden. I don't know. Either way, it's an open backfield because he's a Patriot. Well, yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying, Josh Jacobs, he's that motherfucker. If anyone's going to threaten him, it's Amir, Amir Abdullah taking a little bit of passing work. But we know we can do running the ball, and they're going to run the shit out of the ball because they got Jimmy G throwing it for probably the first half of the year until they start Aiden O'Connell. They're just not going to move the ball very well. It's probably going to be a very run heavy offense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, average eighteen and a half fantasy points per game last year. That was be- that was third best behind McCaffrey and Eckler. Um, yeah. I mean, led the league in yards from scrimmage. Played every single game. Keep going. 
you know, you just you you can't ask for more than that, really. Keep going. Um. So I, I honestly, <laughs> if um, ranking him at seventh, I felt like I should rank him higher, but I don't know. It's just hard to do. I, I you know. The Raiders, we'll see how good they are, but you know the Raiders weren't great last year, and he had a he had an incredible year. So they also had a quarterback who it made you scared to throw downfield, so it might have opened up the field a little bit. But yeah, either way, he yeah. he deserves like he could finish top five easily. He's a he's a good steal right now, and he's also durable. I mean, he's played at least fifteen games in three straight seasons. So you know, other uh, the previous two years when he played fifty, I mean, he missed one game those two years. That's nothing. Oh, he's Which a it, tough guy, man. He's basically like torn shoulders and shit. Yeah. Right on. Gotta love him. Um, at eight, I have Saquon Barkley. A little bit against the grain. A little bit. Trey has Najee Harris. Tyler has Tony Pollard. Yeah, so I mean, realistically, I mean, <clears throat> we'll get to Najee here. Um, and we already talked about Pollard. So what's your reasoning for putting Saquon a few spots back that I think a lot of people have him? Yeah, I just, um, you know, I, fi- I think he'll finish as a top 10 back. Um, he is, where is he going right now? Spit it out, boy. Explain yourself. Uh, he's uh, ninth overall. Ninth overall. So, first round draft pick. Um, yeah, I guess uh, for me, it's just the the kind of inconsistency. I know what, you know, kind of player Saquon is, um, but... I'm not completely sold on the Giants being this great team this year. I know a lot of people are expecting them to be pretty good um, or at least uh, much improved. But these other guys, I just I felt more confident um, in their offenses and uh, opportunity. And so, yeah, I guess I you know I don't have a whole lot of cold hard facts to give you on Saquon Barkley. He's a great player. Um, I don't have him ranked super low. He's at eight, but yeah, um, yeah. These other guys, I just like more. Dude, Ty called it last year. Brian Dayball is he gonna move the ball for the Giants? Right. We joked about it all the time early in the season. Huge turnaround in the Giants' offense. Uh, Daniel Jones did better. Saquon did way fucking better. They had no receivers. They were constantly injured. They basically didn't have a tight end. Now they have a tight end. Their receivers should be back. And you have Saquon and Daniel Jones on the rise with Brian Dayball as coach, right? Yeah. And realistically, I think my only reason for keeping Saquon above the guys that you have him below is the passing work. We know he's going to get a ton of passing yards. Um, take out the year where he you know, only played two, like a game and a quarter. Um, he's averaged about 50, uh, 50 catches a season, which is going to be more than what Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs and probably Tony Pollard gets. Oh, maybe not Josh Jacobs. We'll see, dude. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, 50 sounds about <laughs> right. It, it, that's kind of a sweet spot for running backs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I should probably have him higher, but um, hey, you got to take your shots. Um, but, you know, and so are you drafting Saquon Barkley in the first round every time? Happy about it? Oh, I mean, yes. at the back in the first round, yeah, I'm happy with it. Definitely, yeah. If I'm like pick, if I'm pick twelve going on the turn and Saquon's there, it's like easy money. Now, I will say though, I mean, in all, I don't in all the mocks I've done, I haven't taken him one time, even at the back in the draft, because I am a big Bajon Robinson believer, and he almost constantly falls back to picks eight to ten, anyways. So, 
people are catching on though man because once you're doing your draft if you're doing like ours this weekend you'll get those updated espn rankings or whatever you're printing out giving to your friends and bajan's up there now oh yeah ty called it earlier in the year but yeah he he's like a top three top five running back in pretty much every ranking right now yes sir yes he is um all right so Trey, you had Najee at eight. I think that's higher than all of us. Um, you want to say your piece on Najee? Yeah, obviously he had that great rookie year, and then last year it was not nearly as good, but uh, Kenny Pickett was struggling. They were doing a quarterback change, and the Steelers themselves were rebuilding, but they're still sticking with Najee. I know that it was uh, Jalen Warren. Yeah, they got him behind him, right? And that's the guy who's threatening the throne. Not really worried about him. Najee Harris is still super valuable, and I think he still gets the amount of touches and work that definitely puts him in at least in the top 10 for running backs. He has to be there. And this offense should only be better this year, which puts him in better positions to make you know score more points. Kenny Pickett should be better. George Pickens is probably going to be a fucking monster. We all love the Muth. Their, their offense should be not great, but they'll be like, you know, average above average. And if you have someone who's a premier running back on a team like that, you need them. Yeah. And they also um, invested back into the offensive line this offseason, which was the one of the biggest things that was keeping Najee behind. He was getting a ton of, of work, right? But he was getting hit in the backfield on, I think, more than 50% of his, of his run plays. Like, it was rough. And they invested a lot in the offensive line this offseason to help improve that. And the improvement in the passing game should help open up that up some as well. They can't stack the boxes easily. So um, I do like Najee. I have him a couple spots down. I have him at 10. Um, I think he's going to be a, still have a great year. He's clearly still going to get a ton of touches. Um, and like you, I'm not very, I'm not worried really by, by Jalen Warren. Yeah, exactly. It, the biggest knock on him is his yards per carry. Like he does produce, he gets catches, yards, all that stuff. At the end of the day, in fantasy, he does do it for you. Yeah. But, but he, again, I mean, the yards per carry, like, if there's no one blocking in front of you, then it's hard to have a good average. Yeah, and that's kind of what yeah. I'm getting at. You make a good point. So, uh, things, really, I think we've only seen, like, his floor so far is with Najee Harris. He's doing what he can with what he can. So, I mean, he, he could have a stellar fucking year it if could. things work out for him. He definitely could. Yeah, I have him outside my top 12. Um, but, you know, I like Najee Harris. Um I think the yards per carry stuff is a little overblown. I don't think they had the greatest offense last year, offensive line, but Jalen Warren, in my opinion, is a is a really good back. He does look explosive, um, quick, talented. I can't imagine that, you know, I, I know um Oh God, what's his nuts? Um Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's an old school coach, but oh, I was just—I don't know who you were trying to guess. Yeah, that's like, who oh, I was trying okay. to guess. Good guess. But I think they'd be dumb not to get Jalen Warren involved, at least on some level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everyone I mean, has to. It kind of seems, seems, and like I they, expect them to be able to throw the ball. I mean, Kenny Pickett has looked a lot better, like yeah. major improvement this year. And so, last year could not throw the ball, save their lives. Um, I imagine them sling the rock around a little bit more. For sure. I mean, and obviously, I think they want to mix in Warren some, but um, in the last preseason game, they actually split 
snaps 50-50 in the first two drives when the first team offense out there. But Warren still only had two touches to Saquon's five. And I know it's only two drives, but that's a pretty large difference that I think you'll see happening where you'd still see Najee Harris getting, you know, 65, 70% of these snaps and Warren kind of mixing in here here and there. Oh, you threw me off for a second because you said Saquon. And I was like, what? Did I really? You did. But you're talking about Najee Harris getting more carries. Yes. Than- Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Saquon. Yes. <laughs> gotta say Quan on the mind, man. Every once in a while, you just gotta say Quan. <laughs> gotta get that Quan. Bridge homie Quan. Quan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, at nine, uh, Tyler and I have the same guy, Joe Mixon. Uh, Trey, you have Tony Pollard, but uh, Joe Mixon should be cleared of any legal issues at this point. Um, I don't expect him to miss any time because of that. He, for me, Joe Mixon, like his backfield competition is not good. He's the only game in town, in my opinion, and uh, I mean they have, they have the rookie Chase Brown, but yeah, yeah. But I mean he has he hasn't really done shown anything in the preseason. No. I think they're gonna really miss um, having P Ryan back there, which should Me mean too. mean more touches for for Mixon. And you, if you remove the year that Mixon only played six games, he's been a top twelve back for four straight seasons. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm not worried about Chris Evans. I don't think Chris Evans is that great. Um, I don't think the Bengals do either, and right now he's their backup running back. So, you know, Chase Brown can't beat out Chris Evans in camp, then I just don't think there's a whole lot of competition for Mixon. I think it's a, it's a one-man show there. Oh, yeah, easy money. Uh, Kirk Cousins is his quarterback. Um, what would you call it? Comparison. Oh, comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Quarterback comparison. Comp. Yeah, uh, constantly underrated, still finishes for you. The only reason I have him at an eleven and not nine like you guys do is because I'm I'm going for upside this year. I'm changing my strategy a little bit. I'm taking more into into my factors upside as far as like ceiling and whatnot. I love Mixon. I know he's gonna finish top twelve, but I'm gonna kinda wait on him for other guys. Okay. So speaking of the person you do have in front of him. Which one? The well we already talked I guess about we talked about one. Okay. Yeah, yes. we talked about Pollard, so So I got Travis ETN. Um, in front of Mixon, and I have him ranked at ten. Tank Bigsby does throw me off of this a little bit. I mean, he's earned some work after what he's shown this. Tank Bigsby is a good running back, uh, and we talked about him plenty of times. You know, when we're talking about rookie running backs, you know, whether we're doing our pre-draft rankings, post-draft rankings, still time to listen to that in case you haven't fucking drafted yet, which you shouldn't have. So hopefully, you're drafting this weekend, <laughs> and um. I just like the upside. Just in case Tank Bigsby doesn't really pan out like it should, it, it's still you know he's still former teammates of Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be on a very explosive offense. I don't think the Jaguars are getting talked about enough this year as far as like how crazy this offense is about to go the fuck off. Yeah, um, yeah, I have Etn all the way down at seventeen uh, for me right now, and I li- I like Etn as a player, but you know we've already heard Doug Peterson talking about wanting to keep him healthy wanting to reduce his workload. Hopefully they throw him the ball more um, because he did that a lot in college with Trevor Lawrence. But for whatever reason, um, he didn't get a ton of passing work last year. So I'm not expecting a huge jump in those numbers. Um, 
And I'm, I, you know, Tank Bigsby can catch the ball as well. And from what I've seen, there's really nothing that Tank Bigsby doesn't do well. And I think he could eat a lot of the red zone work away, some of the passing work possibly. Um, so I, I love ETN as a player. I have him on a dynasty roster. I just, I'm, I'm pretty worried about the Tank Bigsby. Um, Might be committee. ETN for ETN. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and honestly, I'm kind of right in between you guys. So I'm so you have him at ten, you had him at seventeen. I'm here with ETN at thirteen. Um, so I'm kind of splitting the difference, really. Um, I am worried about Tank Bigsby. He's certainly earned playing time in this preseason. Um, and but I still see ETN as the more explosive player, um, the one who's going to be much better threat threat at a home run type of play. So I still have have ETN at thirteen. All right. At 10, let's go back to our 10s. That's kind of where we, interesting. where we left off. Um, I have Jameer Gibbs at 10. Two rookie running backs in my top 12 rankings. Um, funny. But, um, yeah, Gibbs, you know, been tooting the horn all offseason. Uh, I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be dynamite. Um, I think he finishes dynamite. In the top 10 his first year. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot else to be said about Gibbs. He's explosive. He's going to get thrown the ball a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I'm right there with I mean, you when, when it comes to Gibbs. I got two words for you. David Montgomery. <laughs> He almost made my top 24. I think legitimately, you know, they could have two running backs in the top 24. Oh, and it happens with a couple of teams every year. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So um, I have Gibbs at 11, so I'm just behind you there um, for all the same sentiment that you, that you said. I have Najee at 10, which we discussed earlier. We've been pretty in-depth, in but yeah. Gibbs should be super explosive this year. Um, we've talked about it all offseason. They're going to use him a ton outside of the backfield. And I think you'll see a lot of sets where you see Montgomery and Gibbs on the field at the same time. Using your running back algorithm, do you think he could be one of those guys that finishes top, like top twelve? Well, seeing that I have him ranked at eleven, James has him ranked at ten. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like it's. Well, what were you saying? Like you know, uh, nine out of the last ten guys drafted in the first round. Top. Th- those were top ten picks. They're all oh, yeah. top ten. So picks. so the the stat is that five out of the last six running backs drafted in the top ten were top ten in the NFL draft were then top ten running backs their rookie seasons in fantasy. The one caveat being Trent Richardson. Mm. Yeah, we don't talk about him anymore. <laughs> yeah, but everyone else were, were all top ten, and then you even had guys that uh, were right outside of the top ten being drafted, like Najee Harris, who also finished uh, you know top twelve or top fourteen. So. Rookie running backs have no problem integrating into the NFL system these days, and they always produce right away. So I have no mm-hmm. issues with – I don't expect Jameer Gibbs not to follow suit. Yeah, and you want to use them while you, you got them on the cheap rookie contract, right? Absolutely. Before you have to do what all these other teams are doing and deciding on whether or not and they should pay not their running pay back. <laughs> decide yeah. not to pay them. But they're going to use the shit out of them. Uh, you know, just hopefully, you know, a slider guy, hopefully he can stay healthy. But um, – they do have Montgomery to take away some of that wear and tear, so I expect a big, I expect a good year out of both of them. So uh, we might be talking about Montgomery later. It reminds me of like the American workforce. Like, oh, are these guys like really cheap and they work hard and they just do the job really well? We're just gonna grind them in the dirt. We can fi- <laughs> we'll fire another yeah. one. Oh, and by the way, I know you're. I know you 
we don't take care of you at all, but we're actually going to hire somebody from outside the company that we have no business knowing that they're going to do a good job and pay them more. Yeah, yeah uh, their track record's pretty good, <laughs> and um, yeah, you we got what we wanted. So thank you. All right, at 11, I have Aaron Jones out of the Green Bay Packers. Trey has Mixon, who we discussed, and Tyler has Jameer Gibbs. So Aaron Jones, um, all he does is produce. Um, That's all he does. <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> always kind of undervalued um, in the fantasy running back landscape. I expect a big year out of Jones trying to help out essentially a kind of, you know, a, well, he is a first-year starter in Jordan Love. Um, I expect another top 12 finish out of Jones. That's why I'm at, a, at 11. Dude, last year he only scored two rushing touchdowns, still finished as running back nine. Yep. That doesn't even make sense. Uh, well, last year was a horrible year for running back. So, I mean, 1,100 yards and five touchdowns, 400 yards and five receiving touchdowns. Should put you up there, but not at nine. But the landscape's changing. But another guy who's extremely consistent, been a top 12 back for four straight seasons. Um, obviously not quite as explosive as he was a couple years ago, but still, he's going to produce like crazy. And as James said, they are going to need to rely on him to keep pressure off of Jordan Jordan Love. I mean, and I think they're, I think because Jordan Love's going to be his first full year as a starter, I think that he's going to be used a ton in the passing game again this year. We've seen it, you know, slightly rise up more targets last year than ever before in his career. Uh, more catches, yardage, um, not quite as high as it could have been in the past. But he also did score five touchdowns receiving last year, so only two rushing. Yeah, five receiving, which is a very good number for running back. I mean, uh, re- realistically, if he puts up similar stat lines last year, but then just adds a few more rushing touchdowns, he goes from the RB nine to the RB set uh, six or seven. Yeah. Yeah, Jim tried to call it last year with Aaron Jones getting way more receiving work, and he did technically with getting like a little bit more targets, a little bit more catches, but not much change. He got the most receptions of his career. Of his career, so he did. But the year before, he yeah, had fifty-two. Scientifically, you know, <laughs> I mean, efficiency wasn't quite as good as it was in the past years. That's why he didn't, you know, beat his his all-time like re- re- uh, receiving yards. The record, math adds but. up. Yeah, I so. wasn't trying to like talk shit. I'm just saying maybe this is the year where he actually makes like a really big jump where they do really use him as a receiver. Because last year yeah. you were really anticipating him getting like a lot more work in the receiving game, and it's pretty convincing. But now it seems even more likely. With well, the issue was last year is just only two rushing touchdowns. Like Tyler said, if he has a normal year where you know he's putting up at least five, like. It's a much better finish uh, for Aaron Jones. So, I mean, I don't think anyone would doubt or would be surprised if he went with five or six touchdowns through the ground, and then additional five or six through the air next next season. And if he does that, I mean, you're talking about an absolute stud mm-hmm. that you're getting, and you're drafting him all the way back at uh, 38. So you're talking about the f- the beginning of the fourth round. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. you're getting basically first round production out of him at that point. He's been a consistent, pretty much a fourth round draft pick in like most drafts throughout this entire off season. And even as we approach, you know, the biggest draft weekend of the year. So I love taking, uh, taking Jones as an RP two in round four. That's, uh, that's good work. Um, at number 12 for me, he slipped in, slipped into my top 12, Mr. Damien Pierce. Hell yeah. There's been, Diddy. Nice. 
I mean, we've been talking about Damian Pierce since before he got drafted to the NFL. Talking about his college film work, if you've been a long-time listener of um, of this podcast. And the sentiment has not changed for me on Damian Pierce, where we saw a kind of reduction in his ADP or a decline in his ADPs because of all the changes that have happened in Houston. New coaching staff, uh, you know, uh, bringing in Devin Singletary as a free agent um, has put Pierce at a discount, in my opinion. He's starting to creep back up now as we get closer to the season and people have seen some preseason work. But Pierce is doing nothing but playing with the ones. In their preseason game, when the ones were out there, Pierce was out there for every single snap with the ones. You didn't see Devin Singletary until it was the actual backups coming in. And in the preseason, he runs just as hard as the regular season. You know, he runs viciously. Um, There's also been a lot of reports in camp that uh, he's getting work in the passing uh, passing game, which is huge. You know, if you look at D'Amico Ryans, he's a defensive-minded coach. He's kind of got that old-school type of mentality – kick you in the mouth. Um, and coaches like that, especially with a rookie quarterback, they love to lean on a stud running back. And to me, in my opinion, and I think Damian Pierce is... Especially one that runs the way Damian Pierce Exactly. Does. I think... D'Amico, he runs violent. I think you, you said D'Amico has fallen in love with Damian Pierce. I think that's... I think that's happened. Um, and I think Damian Pierce is a much better running back than, than Devin Singletary. Without I, question. I think he's going to have a huge year, and he's going to be a huge value for people that draft him in the fourth, fifth round. Yeah. Um, I mean, and you said, you know, obviously your sentiment towards him hasn't changed from the time you saw him coming out of Florida to now, and mine has only gotten better. I was, You guys both had him when we did our r- rookie running back rankings uh, going into last season. You guys both had Pierce in your top five. I had him just outside of it. I had him at two, I think. I had him really high. Yeah, and so, I mean, my, my opinion of him has only gotten better. Better than more tape I saw um, and also seeing him continue to just look better than in the NFL than he even did in college is huge I mean like like you said the value is insane for Damian Pierce this year yep and I would like to say I don't give a shit about Devin Singletary being there but it is alarming if you look at like Singletary's history consistently this guy when he does play he's snaking at least eight carries a game well he was the starter in Buffalo all those yep. years though all those years, though? yeah, it wasn't until last was season that they brought Zach in James. Moss. <laughs> yeah, they had Zach Moss, who has clearly shown he's not very good. Last year, they had the rookie James Cook. Okay, so maybe I'm approaching this wrong. Either way, he, he doesn't get a lot of carries, and he's not going he to. Starter, I, I, so I mean, I'm, like... obviously, he's in, they're going to want him spell Pierce every once in a while. So, I mean, you're going to obviously Singletary's probably going to get you know four or five touches a game, but. Well, I, I think Singletary is what he is. I think he's an he's a decent NFL running back, but there's just nothing like special about Singletary. And with the way Pierce plays, and he can catch the ball. Like I remember watching his college tape, and they threw him the ball down the field a lot. And that's one of the reasons why I liked him so much. I was like, this guy can do it all, and he's good at at receiving. So, um, and then making a play after the catch. So, uh, I think they'd be dumb not to utilize him in that same fashion i think he's truly a guy that can be a workhorse running back yeah and again yeah you brought up the rookie quarterback right and yeah. so 
rookie quarterbacks, they really love to rely on the dump down to the running back and the tight end over the middle. Like that that's kind of their bread and butter because it's, it's easy. The, it's the easiest parts to read the defense, right? That's really what it comes down to. Security blanket. Exactly, yeah. That's what it's that's what it's there for. So I Damian Pierce's uptick in the passing game should only further his value, really. All right, so I had him at twelve. Uh, Dre had him at thirteen, and Tyler, you had him at fourteen. Yeah. So all pretty close. Uh, Trey, you had Kenneth Walker at twelve. Uh, I think it's quite a bit higher than both me and Jim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to please talk speculate, about Kenneth Walker? It shouldn't be much to expand on, really. You know, he's the lead running back in this offense. I know they drafted J- uh, Zach Charbonnet, who does look pretty damn good. But I like what I saw out of Kenneth you gotta, Walker. You got to like that glass of Chardonnay, man. <laughs> not, not me, dude. <laughs> Why wine tastes like shit. So I don't fuck with Zach, okay? <laughs> but either way, um, so Zach Charbonnet is really his only real competition at this point. And I, I just believe in the fact that he's going to be the primary workhorse in this offense. And any primary workhorse should be that high in rankings, I think. Zach Charbonnet is not um, someone I'm threatened, up, threatened by right now this year. See, I'm much more worried about Zach Charbonnet being involved um, regularly in the Seahawks offense than I am like a Devin Singletary in Houston's offense. Oh, and, yeah. And I, I, I love brought up the Kenneth Devin Walker. thing because I was like, oh, he has experience. So I'm just like, oh, they might want to use him more. Yeah. But. I love Kenneth Walker. I mean, it was a dagger in my heart when they did draft Zach Charbonnet because I think Zach is – a really good running back can be a three down guy and again you know Pete uh Pete Carroll loves his running backs and I think I think Zach's gonna have a role from the get-go um just so that they can keep Kenneth Walker um healthy because Kenneth Walker is their big play kind of guy but I had Kenneth Walker down at 18 I still think he has a good year but I am a little bit worried about Zach Charbonnet yeah, as am I. I have Walker also down at 18. Um, and yes, I mean, is he going to get the majority of the workload? He will. But it's not going to be a large majority. I think you're going to see something like 60-40, 65-35. Charbonnet has looked good in the preseason. Um, Kenneth Walker hasn't really played because he's been dealing with an injury. But Charbonnet has looked good running the ball. He's looked good in the passing game. And he's picking up blocks and pass protection. Um, he's definitely gonna gonna have a role in the offense. Is he as explosive as Kenneth as Kenneth Walker is? Probably not. Kenneth Walker has true home run ability. We saw that you know last year when he was on the field. Um, but yeah, I think Charbonnet absolutely carves out a pretty good sized role in this offense. I hope not. God, can we just have some running backs? <laughs> I know. I, know. Well, I, I mean, I think Damian we have Pierce. the same sentiment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um. All right. At thirteen, I have Ramondre Stevenson just out of the top twelve. Um, I think I am the highest on him. Definitely. Yeah. So I have Ramondre at thirteen. I think Ramondre is a really talented running back. Um. Obviously, they did bring in Ezekiel Elliott. Um. During the off season. And, you know, for me, before that happened, Stevenson was a bona fide, like, top 10 guy uh, for me. Uh, 
but he's dropped a little bit in my rankings just because of the addition of Zeke. I think Zeke will get an opportunity to eat into red zone opportunities and maybe short yardage opportunities. That's kind of where Stevenson really wasn't great last year. Um, but I still think Ramondre is a talented enough back to finish as a high end RB two, possibly RB one, um, just based off of the volume that I think he's going to get uh, in between the twenties and hopefully break some for for some touchdowns. Yeah, honestly, I'm one of the people that I think the addition of Ezekiel Elliott makes a huge difference in Ramondre's value. Um, I have Ramondre down at 15. Like as much as Zeke didn't look great last year, don't forget he still had almost 900 yards and 12 touchdowns. That was with Tony Pollard in the backfield having a better season than he did. Yes, so, sir. In a limited workload, he can he can clearly still have a really good year, and I think he's going to be be involved in the offense a lot more than just red zone and short yardage. I mean, I, I know there's these rumors out here about him getting an uptick in the pass game. I'm not sure how much I believe that personally but i think he's gonna carve out a very significant role in this offense which really drops my value of ramondre yeah and i'm mostly with you on that you you sound like you're fading stevenson pretty hard but you i mean you still have him at 15 yeah i mean i yeah it's not like i see him going above um or going behind guys like i like miles sanders kenneth walker guys who have other competition but I think that people are still drafting him as the RB12 at the end of the of the third round, or really the beginning of the third round. Um, I just don't think that. I think that's too high for me. If you're starting your team off with Ramondre as your running back one, probably in a bad spot. Taking a Could risk. I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows what's really going to happen, right? Because we're not fucking fortune tellers. But I'm with Ty on this. I think Zeke's going to have a way bigger impact than everyone anticipates. I got Ramondre at 19. So, yeah, you're – I mean, and maybe, you know, maybe the way I'm speaking of it makes it sound like I'm fading him worse, but him going 30th overall right now, I think I'd be a lot more comfortable with him picking around like 45. Yeah, and that's how I feel. Somewhere around there, a couple rounds later, I'm, I'm not taking him that high. I am not doing it. Once Zeke got signed, I'm good. Alrighty. Um, let's see. At fourteen, I have Najee Harris. Um, Trey has Aaron Jones. What a hater! And Tyler has Damian Pierce. All guys that we pretty much talked about, right? Yeah, I mean, we've all given the reasonings on whether and I think we mentioned it earlier, but like. There's a lot of guys we're talking about in this area between you know Jones and Stevenson that you are splitting hairs, um, kind of like we were at the very top between Bijan and, and Eckler. Like you're gonna find the guy that you like a little more, and that's the guy you're gonna go with. And I don't think you're necessarily gonna be wrong going with any of these guys specifically because uh, they all should be relatively similar in production. Maybe not Aaron Jones. Maybe I th- we should throw Aaron Jones into a tier above them. But okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I'm just I'm just valuing guys who I think are going to get the ball more at this point. And then at this point, between like 15 to 24, it's more of a toss up. It's like okay, these guys can get a lot of carries, or this guy might end up scoring a lot of points just because of how dynamic he is. 
Yeah, I will say this. I mean, Ramondre did finish as a top 10 back last year with Damon Harris on the roster. And Damon Harris was scoring touchdowns like every single goddamn game. Right. And someone who's very similar to that is Ezekiel Elliott, who scores a shit ton of touchdowns. Damon and, Harris also. And what I'm saying played. is Ramondre still finished as 10 overall. Right, but Damon Harris also missed five or six <clears throat> games last year. So we think Zeke this year will be a better running back than Damian Harris. Well, Damian or Harris was last year. Damian Harris had 462 yards and three touchdowns. I would expect Zeke to probably similar yardage, but probably still be looking at seven or eight touchdowns this year. And yeah, so that would For make Zeke? him better. Yeah. You're talking it, about him getting all the damn goal line work as it is. I, I didn't say all of it, but I said that's where Stevenson wasn't super efficient uh, honestly, last man, year. I see this being like the old like uh, James White, Rex Burkhead days where like it's going to be almost an even split. I and don't think Ramondre that's is like, at all going to be <laughs> the case. I, I think we're going to see it. Have you seen photos of Zeke? Training camp. Yeah, he looks really fat. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> he looks huge. I just, <laughs> I, I, w- I will give you that. I remember seeing him. I'm like, God damn, how big? How like how much does he weigh right now? It's a psyop. It's a psyop. I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't think Zeke's gonna have Patriots or Cheaters. I, I, I will give you that, but it's probably Photoshop. Can't trust the Patriots. Have you seen the photo? Which one of Zeke in training camp? It's, it's not good. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm gonna lie. It, <clears> I'll give you like somebody's it's, auntie it's at a barbecue. <laughs> in the it's summer, not, it's and not he's good. gonna have eight touchdowns. I yeah. don't know, man. Yeah, twelve I mean, last year. But I mean, again, yeah, we're talking about about touchdowns. In I mean, Dallas. Stevenson had twice the amount of uh, touches that Harris had, but only two more touchdowns than he did. Sure. Yeah, we well, finished top. What you gotta 10. say about that? And he finished top ten. <laughs> That's fair. So, give him a few more touchdowns. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll see. Who's next? Uh, I guess Miles Sanders. Um, I have him at fifteen. Nice. As does Trey. Oh, nice. I got him at sixteen. So all pretty close there. That's Miles your Sanders. Boy. He is my boy. But have you seen that Carolina Panthers offensive line? Doo doo. They were okay last year, weren't they? Chuba Hubbard made it work. Deonta Foreman made it work. Yeah. Did you? They see, both made it did work. Did you guys see Bryce Young get destroyed in the preseason? Well, that was <clears> passing. <throat> they weren't running. Because Bryce Young, they, still, they still have to open like up shit. holes for him. And, and you, well, they were pretty good at that last year, uh, running the ball. They weren't very good at passing the ball, but running the ball, they were pretty efficient with running backs that I think you would argue are not. Um, That's not an argument. Up to Miles Sanders. <laughs> no Miles one's arguing Sanders that. standards. Um, I mean, I, I like Miles Sanders. I like where he's being drafted. Um, super comfortable with him as my RB two. Um, you know. I got him as my as my RB three in the most recent draft I had. You can do that, yep, in a lot of drafts, especially with so many people, you know, drafting receivers early. So yeah, I mean, I think Miles Sanders has a good year. I think he's going to get a shit ton of work. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I hope I'm wrong. Like I, you guys hear me all the time. Five yards of carry, that's what he does, and that usually pr- pr- proves that he's going to have have good years on or good years as long as he gets his touches, which. Came and went in Philadelphia for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. I'm just. I am concerned about the offensive line. It is also a new scheme. Um, you know, the whole coaching staff changed over, so there's some some worry there. Um, realistically, relooking at my rankings, I probably should have at least had Sanders above Ramondre. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you know, I mean, 
again, we're kind of nitpicking things here, so you have to kind of just go with what your gut is right now. Um, and I hope I'm wrong on Sanders because, like, like Trey said, that's that's my boy. So I, I think it's a great value at 48. If you need like RB two, and you're still waiting for one middle, or you know, start around four or whatever. That that's a great pick. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you draft him around guys like. What J.K. Dobbins, um, Cam Akers, Madison, you know, I'll take Sanders over all those guys, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yes, J.K. Sir. Dobbins didn't even make you guys' uh, make Tyler's list, but we'll get the, to that. I mean, I mean, just the, I mean, he might be holding out. He hasn't been. He hasn't been at practice still. Holding he out. Won- He's been holding out on us, dude. You haven't been playing no goddamn games. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I mean, and. Uh, I think everyone's kind of in the same mindset. He has no right to hold out. He hasn't done enough in the NFL to show that he needs he should be holding out because he's been injured so much. So he needs to just get back and play, actually show his value in the league, and then try to get his money. Hold out the ball across the fucking pylon, well, my friend. I mean, yeah, he'd be stupid not to. I, I I don't I get it. He wants to get paid. So does everyone. But um, yeah, for me, you know, I have Dobbins at sixteen right now. That might drop if we get closer to the season. It's still not worked out, but um. You know, I, it, to me, I felt like it was a big prove it year for Dobbins. Like, go out there and prove it. You know, so uh, right now, I expect him to play, and I expect him to get you know a lot of work and and be the featured back in that backfield. Uh, but shit, if he's not going to show up, then I don't know. You know, yeah, I'll obviously be honest. I'm going to have to drop him off my rankings. But yeah, uh, dude, it's somewhat he's so promising though. And it is. I, I love J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I mean, crazy talent. Like, and he show he popped off on in a couple of games at the end of last season. That shows he can't do it, but he's not helping himself in any way right now. No, he's not. But let's just say in a perfect world things work out and he does start the season right. Um, very risky pick at this point. There's probably plenty of good wide receivers you can draft at this point in the draft that will help round your team out, but. The last four games that he played last year didn't even crack 50% snap percentage, right? Did not carry the ball more than 15 or 17 times. Every single game, he had at least 4.9 yards per carry. Like, And we're talking 300-yard uh, games. I'm just rounding out because one was 93. No, that sounds like to me. Extremely explosive. Not quite Miles Sanders. <laughs> that's why i have sanders one rank ahead of him there we go that's why miles is up there i'm just saying man it, it's still there he had the injury and it was crazy but once he actually got time to get back and get settled everything settled down well, he had to go again he had to go back in and get that cleanup he's like something's not right and he like basically forced the doctors like hey there's something still going on here to get back in there and they had to clean some shit out and then he came back and was like oh hey look this is why i was the first round draft pick or early second whatever he was drafted at yeah, another high upside player, but risky at this point, honestly. If you don't have a set team, I wouldn't be taking them risk at this point. Yeah, at this point, I mean, I'm with JK. I'm talking about drafting him just to be on my bench. And if he starts to pop, great, I can put them in there. But I'm drafting him as my fourth or fifth running back. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be able to do that with where his ADP is at right now. Mm-hmm. But if we get some sort of news this weekend that he's actually going to miss games, then you know his ADP will obviously tank. But... Right now, I mean, you have to draft him basically as your RB2 if you want him. He's going as RB19, 50th overall. I mean. It is kind of crazy how, like, no one's really talking about him in regards to him not being at training camp. I think everyone just kind of is on the same sentiment of, like, 
you're not going to get a restructure. You know, you got to at least prove it for one year for a full season. Practice, especially as a running back. <laughs> we talk about practice. Yeah, <laughs> bro, this is the NFL, not the NBA. You got to practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's not Allen Iverson. Let's throw that out there too. Not right. one of the greatest point guards ever played the game, right? Not yet. Uh, oh, now that's <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> Catch him on the Celtics next year. <laughs> uh, at 17, I have Travis Etienne. Uh, Trey's got Cam Akers. Ew. And Tyler's got Isaiah Pacheco. I'm getting risky this year. I told you. Yeah. I, honestly, I mean, I have Cam Akers all the way down at 24. Um, yeah. Seeing him at 17. Is a little surprised to me. Honestly, I'm surprised neither one of you guys had Pacheco ranked. I feel like Pacheco's not being talked about enough right now. When he finally started to get, actually get good playing time last season, which was week 10, from week 10 to week 18, he was the 17th ranked running back in the or in fantasy football. So, yeah. and at this point, I don't see his workload changing. It's just the fact that he's going to be able to get that the entire season. We all know what Jerry McKinnon to do and what he provides to this offense. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire can just go away he's not gonna get a chance because <laughs> that's he's, the thing is he's not because it's andy reed and he's still gonna fucking play him right, but See, that's what I, i'm thinking and also i think jerick mckinnon has like a very established right. role in this offense right, but he was there the entire time with isaiah pacheco yeah. last season and we know that and I, pacheco was still the 17th ranked running back and i just don't believe it like everyone thought Clyde Edwards blair uh hilaire was gonna be that guy last year and or in the last two seasons, really, and hasn't shown it. that He's just not a good NFL running back. And 17th range running back, Pacheco? Durant. From weeks 10 to 18. Oh, okay, I was going to say. When he started to get his, when he actually started to get fulfilled into the game plan, and he averaged somewhere between 50, 40 and 50% of the snaps of the of the, of the game, where mm-hmm. before, earlier in the season, from weeks 1 to 9, he's only getting like somewhere between 15 to 30, depending on the game. So the second that he actually found more of an established role, he started to show off. I mean, he was a big run for them in the playoffs, too. So I think that I could see them wanting to expand on that role while also having Jarek McKinnon still do his thing. I don't see any reason why Pacheco is not a top 20 running back this season. Oh, See, I, I, I'm along with what Jim was saying earlier. You said you guys, Clyde and Jarek is still... Again, but I, I'm role. accounting for Jarek already. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is trash. I, I'm not <laughs> saying tell, he's... Tell Andy trash. that. And I'm trust not, me, James knows because he wasted a first-round pick on him his rookie season. Hey, baby. Hey. We're gambling. What if happens to Bajan? You never know. But, yeah, we'll see. Don't don't even think that they're in the same class. I'm a witch. I can manifest shit, dude. <laughs> you mean a warlock? Or a wizard. Or whatever, dude. <laughs> You're a wizard, Jose. Okay. Yeah, so that's what's crazy. So weeks 10 through 17, that's what you said last year, right? Yeah, and he was doing pretty good. Derek McKinnon was the RB6. So you think both do it. But I'll just add this. You're making good points, but Isaiah Pacheco, apparently, you know, wide receiver, running back 17 from week 17. God damn it. Week 10 to 17, right? But we're talking games where like a bunch of 10-point games, a couple 15-point games. I think that's just the, the landscape of running backs last year. That shouldn't really put you in that area. So I I, I like him, and he's firm with the top 24 for me, but I'm not, I'm not getting down with it, man. Too many uh, 
too many hands in the pot. There's a lot of variables, for sure. You know, but could he finish top twenty four? Absolutely, he definitely could. Yeah, but since we're drafting and uh, on in a snake draft, and I would draft in front of you half the draft, I might just take him from you. <laughs> I think you guys are all be my guest, putting way too much value in Clyde, who is essentially in his NFL career has been. I'm not. I'm not really putting any value in Clyde. I mean, I think he could. But steal you, some well, more. you're putting enough value in him to drop Pacheco. Uh, yeah, it's not really in Clyde. It's more in. Like there's too many people. Jarek McKinnon is, I think, I think they see him as really valuable. Uh, I mean, he's, there's going to be games where it's so valuable it's, they didn't sign him until right before training camp. I mean, they brought him back. He's thirty fucking one or something. Um, so obviously, you know, to, usually you want to bring back a guy um, if you don't want to use him. But I think he has a really established role. Um, you know, at the back end of last year, we saw a lot of Jarek McKinnon as well. You know, we also saw Pacheco and, and all that, but it was a lot of Jarek McKinnon. And I think, you know, <laughs> it's just – it's sketchy with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you know. Um, you just really never know. It's so hard to, to guess. And I, I don't want to play that guessing game every single week with Isaiah Pacheco, like whether I should start him, whether I shouldn't. Um it just feels like a guessing game all year. Well, the lucky thing is this is where I haven't ranked, but he's being drafted. Um, he's like at RB, RB thirty, yeah, and and at overall seventy three. So you can draft him uh, as a guy low. you're never going to put throw in your into your starting lineup until he shows you, like I'm telling you, he's going to that he deserves being being your starting lineup, and you can then have a crazy valuable player in your flex spot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just never drafting him, I guess. <laughs> you know, at 73, it's like, I don't know. I There's, I don't know. I, I'm never drafting Pacheco. I don't know why, but I guess I fill out my running backs before that. But I mean, he's going behind Dalvin Cook. Yeah, is he right now? Yeah, by five picks. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds about right, though. They should go in the same area. Yeah, Dalvin's probably going to start off hot and then eventually tail tail off, but I don't know. I mean, they're going to compete with carries, so I think they're about in the same spot, rightfully so. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're saying wrong. That's fine. (laughs) I'm kidding. Hey, I'm on an island here with Pacheco, clearly, because you guys don't have him ranked in your top 24 at all, but we will see. At right. the end of the season, we'll ride with it. We shall see. I mean, no, you guys won't. I, well, I mean, I'm just never drafting podcast him. Said it. Maybe that's why <laughs> I'm fading him. But uh, right, so who's next? Kenneth Walker, the third at 18. I have Kenneth Low. Walker at 18. You have a guy that might not play, Jonathan <laughs> Taylor, and Tyler also has Kenneth Walker. So since we got to our first Jonathan Taylor take, um, I had Taylor lower at 21. Trey, as mentioned here, has him at 17. James, you do not have him ranked at all. And you gave us a little theory or little thing you, you heard before the uh, before we started recording here. Go into that, please. Uh, well, yeah. He's it's very, it is a very interesting point. He's going to miss the first four games for sure, obviously, on the PUP. Um you know, straight up, I just I don't like drafting guys that are going to miss the first month of the season in general. But um, 
so he's in a contract year. So if he he has to fulfill his contract, otherwise his contract tolls and Indianapolis will have his basically his contract he has right now will be extended for another year because he didn't fulfill this year of his contract. So uh from what I read is he has to be active or whatever um or involved in six games and his first four games will count towards that because he was put on the PUP and then essentially he has to fulfill two more games after that for his six. Um, judging by Jonathan Taylor, I have no idea what he's going to do. Um, he's been dealing with that ankle. We're not sure, you know, we're getting mixed reports on that all off season. Is it as serious as he's saying it is? Does he really need, you know, to, to rest it? You know, a lot right. of people are and saying if he signed a contract, he'd probably be practicing, but he hasn't signed a contract. And it doesn't look like – I mean, it's going to be really hard to trade for him. Some teams tried. I think if, you know, if it was going to happen, it probably would have happened. Ursay's, you know, asking for Jalen Waddle and all this crazy shit to get Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I, I saw but, that. I saw that headline. I absolutely left. Like, what? <laughs> so, I'm I, – I don't know, man. I, I'm just – I'm super worried about the situation. He might not – play at all I, I can't see into Jonathan Taylor's head I think it would be stupid for him not to but he's also asking for a large contract extension coming off of really not a good year so yeah I don't think it's out and, of reality for him to straight up hold out and not play all year yeah and um one thing you didn't quite note there didn't go into depth is that if he misses games for injury designation those games still count towards his right. game total. So if he misses games and they say it's because of that ankle, then it still counts and then his contract will be fulfilled even if he misses games because of it. So so for the two weeks after PUP, he could say, oh, you know what? My ankle is just not feeling good and just right. not play. And then his contract is fulfilled for the season. Then he legitimately does not have to play for the rest of the year and will be off right. of that contract at the and end of the year. That's interesting. So I heard th- I've heard this before early in the preseason with a different player and Chris Jones with the tackle for the for the Chiefs, right? Yeah. And he even tweeted out, he's like, I have no problem holding out until week eight because right. he knows he has to play half the season in order for that contract to be fulfilled. Right. So and I haven't heard this this story with Jonathan Taylor yet, so it's really interesting, but it makes a lot of sense. And it's one of those things that um the NFL put in in the collective bargaining agreement after what Le'Veon Bell did. <clears throat> Mm, where that if he yeah. he chose to hold out all season long, um, but then he was still able to basically just void that year of his contract, and it hurt the Steelers. Now, granted, it hurt Le'Veon Bell more than more than anybody because we all know that. Uh, but that's why they have changed this rule to where that now you do have to play a certain amount of games um, to fulfill your contract. Essentially, um, very interesting, and it adds a whole new wrinkle to it. And in all honesty, if I knew that before we did this rankings, because the first time I heard about it was tonight, before right before we started recording, I probably would not have Jonathan Taylor in my rankings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and on the other side of it, he could come back after the four weeks, play two games, do really well, and then say, oh, you know what, now I'm hurt, and I don't want to play. Right, and hold that. And, and then he has those two really good games under his belt, and he can use that as leverage negotiating a new contract next year. But I just I don't want any part of this or to deal with the headache. I am not going to be drafting Jonathan Taylor um, at all. So, I mean, and if you have already, you know, look at Evan Hole, look at Deion Jackson, but you're going to be playing, yeah. guess who, all 
and year. the other thing about it too, Jonathan Taylor's ADP is still really high. You're talking about you know a second round pick, so you are right. drafting him as your RB one or RB two, depending on what your strategy is. And at the bare minimum, he's missing the first four weeks of the season. That again, like you said, like I don't want to yeah, draft a guy who I know is out for the first month of the year. Even if I knew he's going to come back and play every single game after those first four weeks, I'm still not drafting him at 24 overall. That's that's crazy to me. I think what I'm getting out of this conversation is uh, Jonathan Taylor running back one uh, weeks five and six. <laughs> could, be. <laughs> could be if he chooses to play. Yeah, come that's back if he chooses to play. I mean, get his money. He could use that ankle excuse, you know, and milk the shit out of that. So, anyways, that's Jonathan Taylor. Trey has him ranked. I don't. And Tyler has him ranked uh, at 21. And apparently Tyler wouldn't have him ranked if he knew those news beforehand. So, I would not count Tyler's. At uh, 19, I have Alexander Mattison. Um, Trey has Ramondre. Jesus. And Tyler has Brees Hall. So I think I am probably the highest on Madison. I have Alexander Madison at 19. Trey has him at 22. Mm-hmm. And so does Tyler at 22. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when I look in this kind of cluster of backs, right, you know, you have Madison, Sanders, Dobbins all going the same kind of area, maybe James Conner in there. Um, um, you know, I like Sanders more than him, but – uh, you know, Alexander Madison has the opportunity to finally be the guy in Minnesota. They did just bring on running back Miles Gaskin after releasing seventh round draft pick uh, Dwayne McBride. But there's really not a whole lot of competition. Ty Chandler is going to be the backup running back. He looked pretty good in the preseason, uh, but I think Madison's going to have all the opportunity in the world um, to finish as a top 20 guy. So. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of banking on him being a nice RB2 this year. Super good value for him. If I'm getting to this point of the draft and I still need an RB2, I'm pretty comfortable taking Alexander Madison. Um, I, I don't see a lot of upside, but I definitely see a nice floor for him. And that's why I have him like pretty low on my rankings. I'm going more upside this year, as I said earlier. But um, if I'm drafting and I got... You know, running back, two receivers, whatever flex player, maybe a really good running back, and then or Madison, quarterback or yeah. Something. And I, I'm I'm looking to fill my RB two in like round five. I'm totally down with taking Madison. No, I think I think you're right. I think it's good value. I have Madison a little lower at twenty two though. Um, ultimately, I mean, we've seen him play quite well in pinches, right? Um, the games that that Dalvin Cook was out in the previous years. Um. But honestly, my biggest thing is I just don't see him as the most dynamic runner. And I was just thinking about this. Honestly, you know what I think he is? I think he is a better version than Latavius Murray. I mean, he's a volume play, right? Kind like, of lack of Latavius, competition. Yeah, I mean, there is that, yes. That's, you know, like you said, yeah, lack of competition for sure. Um, but, like, I just look at him like Latavius Murray had a bunch of solid seasons but just never wowed you, and that's kind of what I see Madison at. Um, you bring him a good point with volume, though. Um, I mean, he's probably going to see 300 touches this this season. So there is that, and maybe that's going to help vault him up, him up the rankings um, just because of the amount of volume he gets, similar to what Najee Harris has done the last couple of years. Yeah, like I mean, like Trey said, I, I view it more as a floor play. It's volume. I think you're going to get nice, consistent work out of him. 
Um, he'll probably play every single game. Um, so that's just yeah, that's kind of what it is. I expect you know low end RB two numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, at twenty, I have James Conner, another volume play there. I think uh, Trey, you have James Conner at twenty four. Tyler, you also have him at twenty. So. Uh, Cardinals are going to be terrible. They're tanking, um, for sure. And they're not going to be able to throw the ball now because they yeah. released their who everyone thought was going to be their starting they quarterback. Don't have any quarterbacks. Kyler Murray's not going to play. We've been saying that um for a while now, and they are going to be terrible. But uh, James Conner still on the team. Um, they got to give the ball to somebody. I think it's going to be a lot of James Conner. So, uh, yeah, I got him finishing at twenty. I expect him to put up, you know, low end RB two numbers. And, you know, when I hear about like thing or things, uh, when I hear about teams tanking, I think about oh, we're gonna get like fantasy value out of this. Because there's always one guy on like a tanking team, maybe two, but really just one where you're like, okay, yeah, the team's tanking, but who gives a shit? Because this guy is getting the ball a shit ton, right? And he's the first person I think of when I think of the Cardinals. And you hate James Conner, so. I fucking hate James <laughs> Conner. And honestly, I wanted to take him off my top 24 so bad, but I, I had to keep him on here just because I, I, I just don't see anybody else really t- taking it from him. I think we talked about this earlier in the year. It, this seems vaguely familiar, but like the people who were on the team with him in the running back room, who the fuck are these guys? Keontae Ingram, who played, who I think started one game last year, showed a Small flashes, but he's a he's a smaller running back, not gonna uh, bode well. Then there's Imari Demarcado. So they have like a black Mexican guy at third string, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's not a whole lot of competition back there. No. Yeah, and you guys know me, like you said earlier. I am not a Connor fan, but the writing's on the wall this year. He's gonna get the ball at least top twenty four amount. Yeah, which is where I got him twenty fourth. He's definitely at least RB two. I, I mean, wouldn't last, feel great about it, but I would I would take him as RB two. Last season, he did finish as the RB twenty. Had seven eighty two yards rushing, seven touchdowns, forty six catches, three hundred yards through the air, and a touchdown through through the air as well. Like that seems pretty much completely accurate for what we expect to have him in production wise this year. Maybe you see a small uptick in touchdowns receiving wise. Um, just because of how this offense is going to go. But, yeah, I mean, he seems to be sitting at 20 almost perfectly. Yep. And kind of like we were talking about before with the last guy, It um, as far as, like, their floor just being there with Alexander Madison, it's a good floor. You know what to expect. Yeah. And, honestly, I mean, one of these th- things that you're looking at, um, depending on your draft strategy, if you take a flyer as your RB one, maybe you take a maybe you take a receiver first, and then you come back around and you take like as Jameer Gibbs as your second, and maybe it's a little bit of a flyer because he's rookie, and we expect him to do well. All all of us do, but in case that doesn't happen, you want to make sure that the second running back take does have a good floor to not have such up and down down weeks. You want to have some steadiness in your and you know and your weekly scoring. And so guys like James Conner and Alexander Madison are really good bets for that to give you just a, a very consistent, you know, 12 to 15 yeah. points a game. I think that's a good point. I mean, realistically, yeah, if you can have a dynamic RB2, great. But for the most part, you know, I like drafting a really good RB1 and two really good receivers and then getting a floor play guy like Conner as my RB2. Um, 
I think that's probably becoming one of the more replaceable positions in fantasy football is that RB2 slot. And so guys like this that you can get later in the draft and just, yeah, like you said, give you the that 12 to 15 points a week, you know, that's uh, that's a great RB2. So let's get let's get that done james connor <laughs> rb2s are becoming like tight ends have been for the last like 10 years it's like okay if you don't have someone who's like you right. know is going to consistently get you something you're just like okay either i'm gonna get a bunch of points or i don't want to get seven yeah. yeah yeah which is like good for a tight end well that's you know i mean just in the last i'd say five seasons we've seen like so much of my draft strategy for a long time was like i want to get my two stud running backs picks one and two for me right mm-hmm. that's what you want to do and the changing of the NFL game and having so many more absolute stud wide receivers makes it so you don't need to do it. You can take kind of one of each and then just rely on, what you said, a high floor guy. Yeah. Um, all right. At 21, Brees Hall is at 21 for me. 21. Can oh, you do something for me? Oh, God. Brees Hall. Can you do something for me? <laughs> Fuck, will you please, dude? <laughs> do something for us. Yeah, I got Brees Hall at 21. Uh, Trey has him at 20. Tyler at 19. So we're all pretty close. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the the addition of Dalvin Cook obviously does not help, but I think Brees Hall, you know, you're getting a little bit of a discount in ADP now. He has dropped um, uh, off of his kind of back end of the second round-ish ADP is where he was. Um, now he's getting drafted later. Um, let me find that exact number for you real quick. Uh, Brees Hall, he's at uh, overall 42 right now. Yeah, so definitely has dropped in ADP quite a bit. He was up About there. About a full round. Yeah, he was up there with you know those guys at the back end of the second, um, but no longer there. Um Really, with Brees Hall, you know, I expect Dalvin Cook to to really get a, a large share of the load in the first maybe two or three weeks. Um, but I expect Brees Hall to really come on strong later into the season and just be a dynamic playmaker. And hopefully, with Dalvin Cook there, it will help Brees Hall stay healthy. Um, but again, this is keep kind of a risky play with Dalvin Cook. Being it's there. keeping both healthy, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I kind of see this as being one of those things where we see a lot more Dalvin Cook early in the year while we're still bringing Brees Hall back from the injury. And then once Brees Hall's ready to go, a little more 50-50, and then as the season winds down, a lot more a lot more Brees Hall. So I honestly see these guys as very similar values. I have Dalvin Cook at 23, Brees Hall at 19. I think they will both be top 24 players this year. I really, really do. Even with Aaron Rodgers overhauling that passing offense, dude? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Dead? Come on, dead. <laughs> yeah, I still do because I mean, Garrett Wilson's obviously going to be an absolute stud. Um, the fact that at this point, I know, and it seems like his ADP slightly starting to creep a little bit higher, but I actually really love getting him around picks like fourteen or fifteen, which you've seen in a lot of drafts right at the beginning of the second round. Um, and Alan Lazard's going to do his normal thing. I bet you Alan Lazard's going to go, you know, six to eight hundred yards, depending on how explosive the season goes for them. Um, and I, so, I mean, but it's, I don't think it's gonna be crazy where all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is throwing for 5,500 yards or some shit, you know, they're going to need to rely on the running backs, especially considering the offensive line problems they're having. 
if you can run the ball, kind of slow down that pass rush a little bit to let Aaron Rodgers actually go to work when it need, when they need to pass, then you're talking about big things for the offense. But that's going to rely on setting up the run game first. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see them both being in the top twenty-four, but it, it should be an interesting dynamic between the two. Hopefully, Brees Hall comes out on top because he is extremely explosive. Um. All right. At twenty-two, I have James Cook. Dalvin's a little breath. And Trey has Alexander Madison, as does Big Herbie. So I think I'm the only one with James Cook in the top 24. Um, I like James Cook. <laughs> I like him yeah. a lot. Why? Because of his first name? <laughs> Great name, first of all. It'd be better if he changed his name to Jim. Yeah, maybe when he grows up. Uh, but for now, we'll keep him young and spry. Jim Cook. <laughs> that's, that does sound pretty cool. <laughs> he sounds like a FBI agent or something, or a news reporter. Jim Cook. <laughs> Jim Cook reporting live from the uh, bombing in downtown Atlanta. <laughs> oh, dude, sorry, I don't know why that <laughs> came out. Dark, dude. Uh, mine was going back. Jim Cook reporting bad take. But <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah. folks. Anybody who lives in Atlanta, I did not mean to offend. I'm not sure why it just came to mind. First thing. The latest terrorist attack <laughs> led by a young Buffalo running back. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. Uh, yeah, right now, James Cook is the RB27 overall, going 71st overall. Um, so I am a decent amount higher um, on him, I guess, than uh, consensus ADP, but... Damian Harris. <clears throat> I think there's a huge opportunity here. Um, I think they are going to utilize him more in the passing game. Um, Damian Harris. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I when I'm betting on, you know, what's going to happen this year, I like to bet on kind of the the young upcoming talent. You know, he's had some time in the NFL now, learning the ropes a little bit more. Yeah, one um, season, man. A lot of time. <laughs> Well, that's. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm just fucking with you, man. You know. I mean, he's twelve a months, back. dude. <laughs> you shouldn't need more than that to to really no. get a grasp. Um, it's going to be an explosive offense. Um, I do think they're going to use him in the passing game uh, quite a bit. Um, and for me, you know, I I like the young explosive talent out of James Cook and the receiving upside and. Um, where he's going right now is, I, I think, a, a really big value um, in drafts. And, uh, yeah, I, I could see him finishing uh, in the top 24. Now tell me how stupid I am. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. The biggest I don't thing is that, care. Like, is that the history of the Buffalo Bills is that Josh Allen's their running back one. And that makes it really hard for James Cook to be able to produce RB2 numbers. Well, that's what happens when... Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are your your options at running back. I mean, that could be fair, but it's not like James Cook came in and did a whole lot of anything last year. Well, rookie running back, um, you know. As I mentioned earlier, rookie running backs tend to develop in the NFL pretty damn quickly, and he did not. Well, yeah, when they're drafted in the top ten. Yeah. Now, I will, I will tell you this. Though. I mean, 
he did have over 500 yards on only 91 carries. So it's a he was super happened. efficient. I think yeah. he is like 6.8 yards per touch. Five seven seven. But whoa. Well, that's running the ball. And yeah. catch ball was 5.63. So that doesn't add up. It's, it's it's over six. Oh my god! You guys shouldn't do math. So it's not over <laughs> six. Yes, it is. I saw it earlier. Either way, he has Jamal Williams Jr. of last year as his backup. Damian Harris, the touchdown vulture. Okay. I'm scared about it. There you go. 6.3 yards per touch in his rookie year. What are you talking about? Is it overall? It's 5.73 if you do the math yourself. I don't know what math you're doing, but see. this is according to two sources, Roto Baller. Okay. So well 525 MSN. rushing yards plus 180 receiving yards. 91 plus 32 is 123 touches. No, that's 32 targets. 91 plus 21 receptions. Oh, so this is uh, touches. Okay, okay. Sorry, I saw I saw targets. See, who you're do right. you guys do math, okay? I'm sorry. I looked at the wrong column. <laughs> <laughs> Damian Harris is there. He's going to take all the touchdowns. I'm calling it now. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Nobody <laughs> likes it, but I'm telling you <laughs> no, right now. No, no. I think, I mean, Damian Harris, as long as he stays healthy, will have, a, I think, a pretty significant workload in it. Um, so there's that. I, I mean, and again, it really just comes down that Josh Allen, for the last two seasons, has had almost 800 yards rushing each of the seasons. And that's more than what their running backs did. They're running the ball more with them too. Them design run plays so, are nasty. That's my concern, and obviously you need you want Josh Allen as at least as a fan of the Bills to not run as much because the injury concern is obviously there when you run the ball as much as he does. But with that being said, there's no reason why I have James Cook outside the top twenty-four. Um, Josh Allen just the RB one there, and I don't see Cook being able to produce RB two numbers. Hashtag let James cook. You post it on our Twitter. James will send you a thousand dollars. Yeah, he means James Cook. <laughs> yeah, Jim. Jim Cook. All right. Um, at twenty three, um, I have Khalil Herbert at twenty three. Another later round running back. Um, that I like. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a pretty big change from like three weeks ago when you said Deontay Foreman would be the RB1 there. Things change, Tyler. Things change. I'm just saying. I'm glad you came over to this side of the table on this one. It's been a wild summer, dude. Yeah, sometimes so, you do No, uh, completely. I don't have, have Herbert in the top 24. He's just outside of it um, for me. But I did just pick him up in a draft um, this last weekend in the seventh round, eighth round. Um, which super happy about being he's gonna be my RB four. So that's uh, honestly great value for a guy who could absolutely give me give you RB two numbers. So um, huge value with Khalil Herbert right now. Honestly, what's the possibility of him giving you like RB one numbers? You know, with right? for, with Foreman and Roshan Johnson there, I think RB one's a a pretty big stretch. But I think solid RB two numbers are there. Yeah, I, I'm with that. But man, I got a feeling. If this guy gets his chance, he he could be like RB one on some weird, um, kind of like a late bloomer Austin Eckler shit. He's always been efficient with his touches, um, and you know from what we've seen out of uh, the Bears, you know he, uh, when the starters are out there, it's Khalil Herbert and no one else. 
until the second team comes in. So I think it's pretty clear cut how the team feels about their backfield. I think it's the Khalil Herbert show until further notice. Great fucking value for someone. If he does get majority carries, super good value. Yep. <laughs> I almost wish I would have had him ranked, but I don't got him. All right. Who do you have ranked? For 23 and 24? Uh, Javante Williams is 23 for me. I don't believe you guys even have him ranked. I do not. Um, another guy that's probably right outside of it. I think I understand that he's almost going to be, that they're saying he's going to be ready for week one. Um, but even if he is, I think they're going to want to bring him along a little slowly. They have a very solid backup in Small JP right there. And so um, I think that's going to hurt him a little bit that he gets less touches this year to make sure he can, you know, come back from that knee injury slowly. His knee injury was actually very similar to J.K. Dobbins' knee injury, and we saw how hard it was for him to come back. Yeah, I I don't trust Sean Payton, man. I think, uh, you know, Samaje Piran was one of the first guys they brought in once they made the the change to Sean Payton. Not threatened by him. Samaje Piran's pretty good. (laughs) He's a pretty good running back. Um He's decent, but Javante saved, Williams is better when cars off of them. He's a superhero. I mean, we'll see, but um, that's a pretty significant injury. We haven't seen Javante since it. I <clears throat> right now. I mean, I get the upside. You know the the name value. He was supposed to. You know, there was a time pretty recently where Javante was in the argument of like top three running backs in the league um, for fantasy. Um, I don't know, man. I he, I'm worried about it. So I mean, he had a really, really good rookie season, even splitting carries with Melvin Gordon. Um, he's the RB seventeen that year. So last going into last season, we were all talking about him being an RB one because Melvin Gordon was no longer with the team. Right. So the injury killed him, obviously. Um and so I mean, does he have the upside to potentially get there? Sure. I don't think it's gonna happen this year because of how significant this knee injury was. Yeah, I'm worried about him. Uh, you know, I think there's a reason they brought in Samaje. Um, and, you know, it's one of the first guys Sean Payton brought in yeah. under his choice. Um, so Now, I will say, though, I mean, if he slowly comes back from the injury and starts to show some real some real promise at the end of, last, of next season, the, the next offseason, you're going to be looking at a guy who's going to be talking about being a top 12 running back and will be being drafted extremely early. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think the Broncos are going to be very good this year. I think that's kind of why Peyton was doing that positioning, kind of hedging, <laughs> you know, saying Hackett fucked it up so bad that, you know, it's going to take a long time to fix everything. But, um, yeah, so I, I'm a little bit worried about how good Denver's going to be this year too. Like I'm not, I'm not really banking on any Denver players for fantasy at all. And I just I don't I don't believe Russell is good anymore. <laughs> I think he's just kind of lost it, which is okay. You know he had a great fucking career. Um, Cortland Sutton was super disappointing. Jerry Judy's now hurt again. Going to be on IR or whatever. Um, that was like the one shining um, I mean, spotlight in that offense. And I mean, uh, yeah, him and Russell started to build a good connection last at the end of last season. Um. Judy's not going to go on injury reserve, so they think he's only going to miss the first week or two and be back in week three or so. Uh, where if he went on on IR, he'd be at, be out at least the first four weeks. 
uh, yeah, I'm just out. I'm out on all Broncos. I, I see where Javante could, you know, pick up steam middle of the season and really, you know, win Sean Payton over. But, man, there's a lot of moving parts <laughs> in Denver right now. I'm just saying, if he falls late in the draft, I'm about it. Yeah. It's all, you know, depends on where he goes. and But, like, drafting him as an RB2. He is still going relatively high at the RB23 and 60th overall. So you're talking about the fifth-round pick and Mm. very likely could end up being your RB2, and that, I agree with, is is too high for me. Yeah, I wouldn't want him to be my RB2, but he he was always – we talked about this, like one of the top leaders and, like, missed tackles per carry – Yards after contact, stuff like that. This guy's an absolute fucking beast. When he's healthy, if he bounces back yeah. in the way he should, and you draft him as an RB three, uh, best case scenario in my opinion, honestly, um, you're in a good fucking spot. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think he'll go in the fifth round for a lot of people. Yeah, and I don't think you know James and I are doubting the talent that's there. It's more that I'm just doubting doubting the situation he's in and the comeback from the injury. Yeah, and you know, and the cost. Um, yeah, uh, the, again, the cost I, is high. Yeah, I I think I really you're, do. You're believe banking on him coming back and being the guy that he was before, and Samaje's not you know going to be getting more than thirty percent of the touches, and you know he's going to be the guy. And it's like I don't know if I want to do that in the fifth round. Uh, you know, make all those kind of make that bet with all those variables. Yeah, I would. I, I think I can stand firm in the fact that like watch out for him in twenty twenty four. Yeah. I think he's a guy that you could definitely see come on back into the year and you know, he's right back up there in the top twelve discussion. But Javante, twenty twenty four. Make sure you sign up to vote. <laughs> All right. Speaking of twenty four, let's wrap this thing up. Um I got Cam Akers sneaking into the top twenty four. For me, this is another one of those guys that uh <laughs> where's the competition, right? There's no zero competition. Um <laughs> Yeah, I can't even. Uh, Zach Evans is there. Kylan Williams, I believe, is the other guy. Kyron. Kyron. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Kyron. I think he's a hell of a leader. Um, but I mean, they didn't give him even a chance last year, so they clearly don't see a ton of ability to him besides probably being a really good locker room guy and kind of a guy you can just kind of mix into the into the game plan a little bit here and there. Yeah. Well, yeah, in fantasy football, you don't get points for leadership. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Cam's just a huge uh, volume play Nor, for me uh, right now. Nor pancake blocks for your Michael Meyer fan over here. Uh, we should add one for tight ends if that's even <laughs> a stat. So, I'm just saying. Um, but I had uh, Cam Akers at 17. Yeah. Just want to kind of round that out. I... I like him a lot only because of the backfield that he's in, and it seems like it's pretty clear cut that he's going to be the RB1. He's going to get majority carries. Yeah, he should, for sure. Unless something happens like last year where he said, I don't want to be part of this team. Get me out of here. I'll never play it down for this for this team again. This generation doesn't want to work. Dude, I, the, the whole situation, I mean, that's I think that's the other thing that kind of gives me a little bit of pause. The crazy roller coaster of a season he had last year, where he was coming in as, you know, essentially an RB1 and then fell out of favor with with the team and then said, I hate this team. I'm never playing for them again. And they're like, we're going to trade you. Like, he'll never play for this team again. They're like, well, we kind of need you a little bit. Would you maybe want to come back just for, like, yeah. the end of the season? And they're, he's like, 
well, shit, fine, all right, I guess I had to play football, you know, I'll play it for you, I can't play nobody else. And like, <laughs> I'll play it for you, baby. Play it for you. <laughs> like, it's it's weird, and I don't know if those feelings have necessarily gone completely away. There's got to be a little bit of resentment in the back of his and the coaching staff's mind. I feel like there has to be. Are they close to the heart, or are they acres apart? Probably somewhere in the middle. Probably somewhere in the middle, honestly. Ah, come on, guys. That was a good one. That was a good one. That's a good one to wrap the show up on. Uh, it's been long enough here. We appreciate you guys all listening. Any final thoughts, contributions? Isaiah Pacheco. Confesses you about like, running backs. Oh, have I convinced you? Did, you? did you not already do it? Have what? we talked about Isaiah Pacheco at all? Yeah, I had him ranked <laughs> okay. at 17. Where did you go? <laughs> all right. That will do us for this show. <laughs> Bro, you are here. We appreciate you all listening. Next will be Not wide mentally. receivers, top 24 wide receivers, at the FF Fathers on Twitter X. Um, God damn it. I think that's it. Goodbye. Okay. Bye-bye.